Hey everybody, it's John here. Welcome back to the Shop Talk Podcast, the educational podcast for salon pros looking to up their game. This is part one of our conversation with Jay Ladner, and I promise you it's going to be wicked good. Jay, who is a bundle of energy, is the digital creative director for Oligo Pro and founder of Jay Ladner Education. He is also the co-host, along with Nina Tulio, on the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Even for being relatively young in his career, Jay has done quite a lot. Starting in Tampa, Florida, Jay and his husband moved to North Dakota, where they opened Jay Ladner Salon and quickly became the talk of the town. After seven years of ownership, they sold the salon and, following their dreams, moved to L.A., where they both reside today. In this conversation with Jay, we discuss a couple of things. One, building credibility and drawing on your experience. Also, asking difficult questions and leaning into your vulnerability. And also, waking up to change. Chris and I really love this conversation with Jay, and we know you will too. Chris and I love this conversation. We know you will too. It's going to be all right. get into it so i was a performer before i was a hairdresser if you've seen me on my ig or in a class like you'll understand it like i just was trained to be on stage my whole life so i was a professional dancer and i would do wigs in the costume shop for extra money when i was younger and i never really thought about it when i was doing the wigs But the woman who would lead all the shows was like, Jay, you're so good at this. Right. You, I like the level (laughs) of like how your hands move and shake, like you should think about it. But Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm going to be a star dancer. I'm a dancer. All this stuff, right? So I'm like, no. And then I got injured and I was like, okay, like that's an option, like maybe. But Mm -hmm. I started blogging and it was way back in the day when blogging was like cool. And we would show up to fashion week doing it for free. All Mm -hmm. the magazines were trying to shut us down, shut us up because Mm -hmm. we were just loud. Right. We were saying all the same thing, but I just happened to be louder. So I started going to fashion week and I met my husband and he was like, yeah, that's cool. But like, you're also a bartender and like you're not in the hair world, but you will always do hair. You talk about it. So how about go to like hair school? I think you'll actually be good at it. So in 2009, I went to Palmetto the school, Tampa, and Mm. that's when my life changed. But then a stylist and I hit the ground running with phenomenal mentors that mm-hmm. helped me get here to where I am today. You know, I think there's a lot of similarities between being a performer and being a hairdresser, right? We perform behind the chair. Yes. Yet, I think there's probably more to it than just, hey, I get to perform behind the chair. What else was it about hairdressing? I mean, I know people told you you were good at it, but that's because I'm good at something doesn't mean I like it. What was it that captured your attention? What was it that said, you know what, this is my career direction. This, this was a good fit for me. What, what was that? Yeah, when whenever I was in school, I remember this phenomenal world-renowned makeup artist came mm-hmm. in as a guest artist. And I talk about this a lot when I'm mentoring and coaching and I'm like the awareness of the room, mm-hmm. right? I was always aware. 
of what was really being said and mm-hmm. what was really happening. And it had nothing to do with anyone else that was a student with me. It had everything to do with someone walking in as a mentor and I was listening. Mm-hmm. And then I took that listening into action. So I knew that this industry was unlimited possibilities to whatever fueled my soul at mm-hmm. the moment. Right. So I knew I could go down any lane that I wanted to, but I was going to have to get my ass kicked doing it. So I knew what, you know, listening to those amazing humans that would step in. Like I remember yeah. Robert Cromings walking in and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I can I can be out there. Like, I don't have to like close myself in or like settle for behind the chair. Like there's unlimited opportunities. And that right there fueled me Mm -hmm. to be a rebel with the beauty cause that I am right now. This was back in 2009, you said? Yeah. So here we are 12 years later. Uh, Do you feel the same way? Do you still have that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right now as my position with all ago in my, you know, my online education, I get to travel and like mm-hmm. educate. I think I don't take that lightly. Like people show right. up on my Instagram for wisdom and enlightenment. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of weight as we know that we have to carry. But now I go, okay, I knew how to get to be a creative director. Mm-hmm. I got here. I knew exactly mm-hmm. how to get here. But now I want to be the artistic director. Mm-hmm. And now I'm opening myself up to even more mentorship. Sure. So that mentorship never ends. Mm-hmm. The moment it ends, you're out. Mm-hmm. Get out. Get mm-hmm. into it or get out, right? right. It's one of my sayings right now. But now I'm excited to be pushed a little bit more, be a little bit more uncomfortable and mm-hmm. dig a little bit deeper and work a little bit harder because there's people in artistic director positions sure. that I want are the same person as I am. They're mm-hmm. just saying it a little bit louder. I want to circle back to the salon thing because we got a lot of salon owners, you know, on, on our podcast, um, as I'm sure you do on yours. What are the questions you get the most from salon owners on your podcast? Yeah, I, I think leadership. I yeah. think um, new points of view of how to navigate the business. Like mm-hmm. right now in the industry, what we're experiencing and we're all experiencing it. So if you're listening to this, you are not alone. You may feel alone, but you mm-hmm. are not. We are all having to adapt and evolve and change quickly, mm-hmm. right? And the narratives that used to be in 2009 no longer exist now, but there's mm-hmm. credibility that was built there that mm-hmm. can help you elevate. So sure. like, don't forget about that. But I think also like, what is the system? Mm-hmm. Like what system do I choose? Do I go commission or is that dead? And we talk about that. We're like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. You just got to look at it differently. Your leadership aspect is elevated a hundred percent more, right? Mm-hmm. Is it hybrid? What is that? So I think those are the questions that we're getting is how to become a better leader and how to run my business more efficient. You talked about taking credibility from, now we're talking 2009 to a new hairstylist today. That seems ancient, right? And I know that because of, of my own life. And I've watched a lot of veteran hairstylists kind of floundering inside of about, am I still credible? They're being told that they're not because they haven't built a social media following yet, but they're busy in the salon. They're busy behind the chair. They're doing these things. 
So talk a little bit about how to, how to pull that credibility along because we even, we just had a conversation with a, salon, a large salon owner and what it came out was like, listen, your people want to learn from the people three to five years ahead of them. They, they're kind of no longer looking towards the people in their forties and uh, as we used to when we were kids. Good question. And I think it's crucial, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's crucial. We make it harder than what it needs to be. Mm. Brene Brown, love her, clear is mm. kind. Clear is kind. Mm. When you break down systems and you ask them, what is up? Are mm. you aware as a leader and as an owner and as a manager, like what fuels them? And I bet you this from people I mentor, 90% of them have no clue. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. That's a little uncomfortable. If you're listening to this now in your car, you want to pull off and you're taking some deep breaths, but that's the reality. When's the last time you said, Hey, Chris, Hey, John, where are you at in your life right now? What makes you get up and what makes you like so giddy and excited when your perfect ideal client walks in? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Right? And the moment you start opening that door and creating a safe space where anything and everything in your business is on the table to discuss, right? With everyone, mm -hmm. like right. my assistant, he now just graduated from me. He is one of the smartest Gen Zers I have ever met, ever met. The enlightenment that I've learned from just a year and a half with him was so amazing, but guess why I know that? I was asking difficult questions. Mm -hmm. I was leaning into my vulnerability of my credibility. Like it's not, it doesn't make you less than to have 10 years in, eight years in, 12 years in, 25 years in to yeah. say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing right now. This new generation, these new apps, like all of that stuff, be vulnerable with them and the magic will exist. You know, it's interesting that we're talking about this right now. And, and Chris gave us a great lead in. Um, I just left one of our salons. We got six salons, as, as Chris mentioned earlier. Wow. And um, I was just having this very same conversation with one of the stylists who has to have a conversation and she is afraid to have it. Um, she's filled with anxiety. And here's the thing, in my opinion, it's not that big of a deal of a conversation, right? Yet she's like, I need some advice. I need some advice. And to me, it just seems so easy. It's just like, well, just be transparent, be honest, be kind and have the conversation because the longer yeah. it goes, the worse it's going to get. Right. But let's talk about that for a minute. Cause you know, I think for, and she's a younger person, she's, she's like 22, I think, you know, having those conversations, is it more difficult for Gen Zers it, because of the different way Gen Zers communicate as opposed to Gen Xers or millennials or whatever you got, right? And I hate those all those labels, uh, but we'll use them for the sake of this conversation. Let's talk a little bit about, hey, you know what? I feel that. How do we learn or start to have those difficult conversations that need to be had? And guess what? They're not really all that bad after all, right? Right, yeah. And that anxiety I, that comes because that anxiety, I think, is paralyzing, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes, it absolutely is. And I've witnessed it <laughs> where yeah. I'm like, well, hang on, take a deep breath with me. Like, it's <laughs> so I think what it is, is these crucial conversations, 
will only build credibility, will only get you to the next level, right? A closed mouth never gets fed. No one knows who you are unless you tell them. A closed mouth never gets fed. How bad do you want it, right? And those crucial conversations may be uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. But if you also, as a leader, haven't created a safe space to allow conversation to fill the room, mm-hmm. that's where you got to start first, right? Because now this new generation mm-hmm. that I am writing for, mm-hmm. right? I step in the rooms with these brands and have very uncomfortable conversations with them where right. they want to exit because we have to set them up for success. And all of the things that we dealt with stops here, right? So in those moments, if you're feeling, if you're a stylist right now and you're feeling a little bit, you know, anxious or you feel a little bit scared to have a conversation about your future, it's on you. So just know that if you're in a room, you can never, ever, ever control someone else's reaction, Mm -hmm. but you can control the way you respond. And if you don't speak up for yourself, and just say, hey, like, I don't jive with this, or, oh, this fuels me up, or, oh, I want to go here, or, oh, I feel like I'm not being, you know, trained enough. Like, they want more and more and more and more, and that's reality. So, like, just speak up for yourself. Just know that you're not alone, and write it down. Write down everything you want to say, so then you can get it out. Jane, on the other side of that, if I'm listening to this conversation right now and I'm the leader and you said it was really important to create that that safe place, how as a leader do I do that? Wake up. (laughs) Pharrell, like wake up. Yeah. Wake up. I, I was just in a class in Ohio and a phenomenal leader of 25 years walks up to me and says, I just don't know what to do right now. Mm -hmm. Like I have all these younger stylists and I said, you need to wake up. Mm -hmm. Everything is right in front of you. And it's your insecurity of how badass they are Mm -hmm. walking in the door that makes you feel insecure. But your role is you have credibility that literally resonates right now. You know how to create raving fans. You know how to like the crucial numbers of running a business. You've been doing it for 25 years. You understand that you've already adapted and evolved. You just wasn't aware. You just did it because that's what we're used to just doing it. But now this new generation, which I love, wants a clear, precise roadmap. So it is a little bit tricky if you're always used to just figuring it out as it happens. Now let's take a second. Let's wake up. Let's define how we got here Mm -hmm. and let's show them the true hard work and dedication you have to spend in one room to be able to go to the next one. It's funny because this kind of mirrors a conversation we've been having with our own education team, right? So with our own education team, I I use the analogy. It's kind of like your grandma right? If you ask grandma how to cook something, she'd say, oh, you put some of this in, you put some of that in, and it, it tastes like this, and it's amazing. Yes. And you say, well, give me the recipe. 
And Nana says, well, there's no recipe. You just make it. And to your point, that roadmap, I call it the recipe. Our younger stylists, they want the recipe, right? Yes. You can't just tell me to mix this and mix that and it's all going to come out okay. And that may have worked for me. It may work for you. It may have worked for Chris, but they, they want the recipe. Well, the, uh, you know, the other thing that's interesting about that and it, it, you know, everything that you were pointing to is the evolvement of leadership is that, mm-hmm. you know, it, um, you sit in, you know, you show up to a room and you're, you're the person in the classroom and you're sitting there and you're watching this person on stage and you're watching this person on stage and then you're mentoring with that person and then you become a student to them. And then one day you realize without knowing it that you're the person that everybody's looking towards. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that can be a scary thing. And some people may not have wanted that responsibility, right? They, Mm -hmm. they go, I didn't even want this, but the fact is you earned it. You know what I mean? You put yourself there and there's a, there's a new piece. And you know, John loves leadership, the study of leadership and being a leader. What I know about that, pieces there's consistency that comes along with it sometimes there's a boringness that can come Mm. along with a repetitiveness of right of of repeating a system again or a system that isn't the most luxurious or fun but you know it has to be done this way in order to keep quality standards and to bring somebody from an artistic mind to kind of meet you in the middle and go oh i see why we do it this way is a really big breakthrough and it's a hard breakthrough to get Mm -hmm. through. As you said, before we started, like leaning into the uncomfortable is the only way to get there and uncomfort. And I'm just kind of thinking this out loud. I could be wrong. Sometimes it's not that it's uncomfortable for you. You simply don't like to do it, but but you're in that. Yeah. But you're in that position now. Right. It's like, no, I don't, I don't like having those conversations. Well, sorry. You're the person they're coming to for that. And it's a privilege, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. absolutely is. I love that. Um, you know, as we're working through this, these conversations, you were talking about leadership. I want to talk about the other thing that uh, these three topics that we kind of reviewed beforehand was this idea of adapt- adaptation, right? Yeah. Um, so you kind of touched a little bit on it, right? Where you built this credibility, you have this skill set that you brought to the table, right? You've got this younger group of stylists who want the recipe, they want to know the why, they want to know the roadmap. And so let's talk a little bit more. You said wake up, and I'd love that. Yet let's dig into a little bit more of that. So I have to adapt my credibility to current situations. What are some strategies to help our leaders out there, you know, make that jump? Yes, absolutely. Woo! Get ready, buckle up, no one's safe. Let's go. So... Um, So I think like there's two words Mm -hmm. that I install into everyone Mm -hmm. that I try to connect with. And it's the only way I've been in a relationship intimately for 13 years. Mm -hmm. It's the only way I was able to have a salon for seven years and sell it. It's the only way I got to where I'm at right now in my career and it's adapt and evolve. And I think a lot of times in between adapt and evolve Mm -hmm. has a lot of grit, Mm -hmm. right? It takes a lot of grit, right? And, but I mean, it's like a fine line where you will go to the next level or you won't. And whatever that looks like for you is okay. I feel like we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, which doesn't make us aware. Mm -hmm. 
And it's the awareness for me and for you, right? That awareness factor allows you to adapt and evolve. So for me, you know, I try to align my mind, my heart, and my spirit. It's important to me, right? Like if we learned anything in the last year and a half was what really brings us joy and are we in the right room? Mm -hmm. And if we're not in the right room and it doesn't bring us joy, how do we exit with grace, right? Mm -hmm. And to go do something that fulfills us. So adapt and evolve means I'm adapting when I see a problem. I see a problem. And how quick in that moment where you have to define your grit, do you evolve and make a solution? Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I see that are so magical allow themselves to get beat up. They beat themselves up over some of the smallest little things because Mm -hmm. their self-worth isn't aligned Mm -hmm. and there needs to be work put in place and hard work. You know what I mean? So you have to get your body, your mind, your soul aligned so that you are ready, equipped for battle, right? Mm -hmm. Like running that business. I heard you say that and you, you know, you talked about the hard work. Um, Give us, give an example of the hard, you know, the the type of work you're sort of talking about there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go back to when I was at fashion week, right? So I had no credibility to be in the room, but I didn't know how to take out the trash. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there was this moment where I took out the trash with so much passion and purpose. The creative director of this production house believed me and then added me right into his right and left-hand man. But I had no credibility. Yes, I did. I -hmm. thought, yes, I did. I was listening to what fueled him. So Mm -hmm. in that adapting and evolving of being like not the right one or having doubt in the moment where I don't belong or having imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. I leaned into that and said, no, 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 you are worth it. You've been here the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was aware of the conversation. So I know what moves and shakes him. What happens though, is if you're in the room mm-hmm. and you're blinded and your insecurities are running you and you're not aware, all the magic happens when there's nothing said. Mm-hmm. Everything you need to find out in the room happens when no one's saying a thing. The awareness factor. So that makes sense. If you're not aware while you're building that credibility, if you feel comfortable enough to adapt and evolve and can fight that demon with sight inside you that says you're not worth it, you don't belong. And you say, yes, I am. Watch. Right? And you just lean into that uncomfortableness. Hey, podcaster, thanks again for listening. As we've mentioned before in recent episodes, you know, we've been really wanting to keep you all up to date as to what we've been doing and where we're heading and special events that you may or may not be aware of. So the person I'm talking with this morning, Nikki Lee, created an event a few years ago with Gino Stampora called Mentor and Masters. And it is a spectacular event. John and I attended in 2019, but obviously in 2020, that event wasn't able to happen live and in person, but 2021, here we are. It's back. Nikki, what are the dates? The dates are September 26th and 27th. And if you're going to attend live and you need to fly out, you need to fly out on September 25th. 
Awesome. And that is in Elcott City, Maryland. And I want to talk a little bit with Nikki today because it would be helpful for you to get to know her and why you would want to attend this event. Because Nikki, first of all, you know that I think very highly of you. You're one of those people that was a salon owner. You just were talking to me in the pre-warm-up conversation about becoming an accidental educator. And you're accidentally educating a lot of people. So you're the owner of Statement Salon. You're the owner of the Statements Project, and you're the co-founder as well as uh, with Gino Stampori of Mentors and Masters. And I just see you, you know, really nonstop helping people. Talk to us about how that started. Well, it started with, uh, and I have to give mad props to one of my dearest friends and biggest advocates. His name is Scott Graves, and we've known each other for so long. And he he was a sales rep for Cosmoprof, and he would travel in, and because we're very warm and welcoming with our sales reps all the time. We like to build really great relationships with them. He and I just developed a strong friendship. And as he needed answers for other business owners, he would ask me and I would say, well, here are my thoughts. And he would share that and it worked. And he said, Hey, you know what? Can you just talk to these business owners? And then he would make connections for us in this way. And then in that process, it revealed something for me. It revealed this deep desire and passion to educate and to share and to guide and to offer what I feel was my expertise at the time. And though that role might've been a little bit unintentional at the time, it has become so much more intentional for me now. So that's what the Statements Project is really about. Well, one of the really cool and important things that, about your story and about that particular journey is that sales consultants go into hundreds of salons throughout their month. They see everything. So here Scott was walking into your salon going, okay, this salon is running better than the hundred other salons that I'm seeing. And there are things happening around here. Maybe there's some systems, there's, you know, a different approach. There's a, there's a feeling, a team, you know, what was it specifically in the beginning that, that, that he noticed that he came to you, that you, that, you know, that he wanted you to talk about. He, he, he kept mentioning things about um, how do you have so many employees? Because I think at the time, uh, he kept hearing other business owners really struggling with that. You know, how do we find someone? How do we build a team? How do we, how do you have all these people? Like, and, and, and they're all highly functioning and they're all walking around with just intent and speed and purpose and skill. And, you know, how is that happening? And uh, so he, that was probably the first thing that he mentioned, but that speaks to, in my opinion, one of my specialties, which is salon training systems and training and guiding and teaching and educating your team, which is, I think, one of the core purposes of a business owner, a small business owner specifically, but any business owner, but uh, you know, specifically to a, a service-based small business, which is what the salon industry really is. The other thing that really came about was the pricing conversation. And mm-hmm. so that is, um, and, and you asked me in the pre-warm-up, a really, really great question. You said, what are the top three to five things would you say you really focus on. If I had to put it in an order of importance, I would say pricing first. You've got to do the pricing work because pricing work isn't uh, nilly willy. It isn't indecisive. It isn't. Yeah. You don't just get to pick it out of the air. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's not a magical number. It is, it is calculable. It is, you, you can format it and it starts with understanding what your expenses are. And I think that that's a a process or a journey of learning that a business owner has to decide to do that. If you're an artist, you have to let go of being the artist for just a little bit of time in order to be the business owner. And in that business owner role, 
you do have to have a journey of learning those kinds of things. Though it can be challenging, it can be amazingly fruitful in you and your business. And I think that that's so important. So pricing, absolutely first, doing the work, understanding how you capture the revenue inside of your business and manage that in order to, to capitalize on, on how uh, wealthy and you know, prosperous you are in your business. And this is a low profit yield business. Do you agree yeah. with me, Chris? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we were, you know, again, like in the warm up, sort of talking about that. And, um, you know, here's the reality. Like one of the reasons why I'm so excited to attend the event this year is because of the fact that of every educator that I've ever watched, you know, whether it be from stage or the Facebook lives that you do or the webinars that you do or your online courses, you share everything down to the letter. And I think there's a lot of people out there and, you know, this isn't throwing stones at anybody that share concepts. You know, we share, we should have a pricing strategy and structure. And I, and I know when you work with somebody, you're taking them through exactly how to set up their pricing strategy and structure with detail, because, you know, being a salon owner, and we say this all the time, and I, I you know, anybody that's, that gets it will, would have to agree with this is that being a salon owner and being a hairstylist are two very different jobs. Yes. While they may happen inside of the same building, they are not the same tasks at all. What owners realize a few years usually into owning a salon is that they don't know the job of a salon owner. They know the hair side, right? But they don't know the job. If you were to finish answering that question, you know, you talked about pricing being the number one tier and it and I agree, couldn't agree more. What would be the next most common challenges that you're helping salon owners with when you're working with them one-on-one? -on -one? I would say that every one of us, when we become a business owner, we have developed a certain level of skill, a certain level of expertise. And I think sometimes there has to be a more um, concise approach to that versus kind of making up, you know, I've heard a lot of business owners say things to me like, I don't want to train because then that person's going to take my skill and then leave me and, you know, go down the street. I just think that that kind of mentality has to be removed from the picture. I think that the name of the game and the, the one of the core important pillars of business ownership, uh, small service-based business ownership is uh, education. And, and you can't say things like, I believe in education. I love education. You have to live it. You have to live the, you have to walk the walk, right. And walk the talk. And so what I mean when I say training or education is to identify what you are good at, your expertise, what you have to offer and identify what you're not good at and what you cannot offer and find the people that can fill in those gaps for you in order to create a comprehensive training structure and program inside of your business so that you can continually grow your largest asset, which is your people. And so that is the one core thing, the messiest thing you can do and the, the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's always going to be messy, no matter how good you are at it. When you work with people and you train people and you educate people, there are barriers to learning. There are challenges to growth. There are mindset issues. There's like a ton of things, but what we can expect at Mentor and Masters, if you're a salon owner, then I would, ex I would tell you that you should expect to learn the most comprehensive, detailed way to create a strong structured training system inside of your salon to continuously grow your team with the ability to write curriculum, to uh, train leadership, to uh, identify your team's particular skill sets, to leverage that into your training systems in order to continuously grow your 
uh, your your new team members potentially as we develop more team members and rebuild them at this point. Uh, that's what you can expect to learn. Plus, you are going to be able to honestly do the most outstanding networking with the most outstanding group of people that I have ever seen. And I'm not saying it because it's our event. I'm saying out of every event I've ever been to personally, it was the most incredible amount of networking I've ever seen. So from a salon owner standpoint of the networking capability and connecting with other business owners in order to leverage the knowledge that has come from that, it's exponential. We hope you enjoyed that little informative piece about mentors and masters. For more information on that, flick your thumb up and click the link in the descriptor below for the Mentor and Masters Facebook page.